Good morning and welcome to St. James Episcopal Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. This is not only the eighth Sunday after Pentecost in that season we call Ordinary Time, uh, but it is also the day we are celebrating the Feast of St. James, uh, the saint uh, in whom we are named after. Uh, and so thank you for joining us virtually uh, this day. Uh, you can find the bulletin either in the description on our YouTube page, emailed out earlier uh, to the congregation, as well as a link in our, on our Facebook page as a separate post. And now let us prepare our hearts and minds to worship our Lord and Savior as we sing our opening hymn found in the bulletin. secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. O gracious God, we remember before you today your servant and apostle James, first among the twelve to suffer martyrdom for the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray that you will pour out upon the leaders of your church that spirit of self-denying service by which alone they may have true authority among your people through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the Book of Kings. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, although I am only a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. For who can govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, Because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you, and no one like you shall arise after you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul observes them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I opened my mouth wide and panted, for I needed your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me, after your manner with those who love your name. Establish my footsteps in the word, and do not let any iniquity have dominion over me. Redeem me from the oppression of man, that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant, and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of water because they do not keep your law. The word of the Lord. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what it is, the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he all called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? 
He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of the Lord. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked a favor of him. And he said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Declare that these two sons of mine will sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. 
But Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? They said to him, we are able. He said to them, you will indeed drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand at my left, this is not for mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. When the ten heard it, they were angry with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it will not be so among you. For whoever wishes to be great among you, you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, there's nothing better than preaching your last sermon at a church that you have loved your whole life. When the lessons include God saying to his people through Jeremiah, I'm going to bring disaster upon all flesh. Or preaching on a lesson having James, the son of Zebedee, being martyred by a sword. Or the gospel describing two brothers, James and John, planning behind the backs of the other disciples to request the best places with the greatest glory when Jesus fully comes into his kingdom. Disaster, murder, and arrogance. Oh boy, where do I start? I guess I could be like Jeremiah and take on the role of a prophet, shaking my finger at you all, telling you what sinners you are, and maybe call you a brood of vipers like John the Baptist did to the people around him, and tell you that your evil ways will pull you down into the depths of hell where you will burn and gnash your teeth. Yeah, that would be fun. Or maybe I could say that you're only a good Christian if you have your head whacked off or you're stabbed to death for your faith like James was, or you're arrested for speaking out for Jesus. Oh boy, come and join the Christian movement if that happens. Or perhaps I should lecture you for all the times you let your mother cover for you or ask favors for you and how it would do you no good and make you look self-serving and arrogant. Boy, with any of those servants, I could go out of this place with a blaze of glory. But thinking about this, perhaps I should take another approach. It may be true, like Jeremiah and his note-taking scribe, Baruch, that we can say, I'm in pain, I'm in sorrow, I'm tired, I just want to rest. And the Lord says, tough, I still have work for you. There's more to be done. I need you to help me on my message one more time. 
or maybe it's like John, our patron saint, that we find when we truly stand up for Christ, when we really practice what he has taught us, we get our heads cut off or we get stabbed in the back. Or maybe like the sons of Zebedee, we take our relationship with Jesus as a way to get ahead, to be one of the chosen people, to find it as an opportunity to take instead of give. Man, oh man, this Christian stuff is rough. So now in my last sermon with my over 64 years of Christianity under my belt and with the huge, I say this facetiously, huge wisdom of my 37 years in the ordained ministry, this experienced priest who has worked in six different churches, if I include the one I worked with in seminary, and worked in one school chaplaincy that wasn't connected to a parish church, standing before you in this service where I could say anything I want, because what are you gonna do, fire me? Standing here feeling this power of the pulpit, I'm ready to roll into a concise message and say everything I know everything I feel, my big kahuna message to you. And so hold on to your seats because here it comes. I've been hiding or holding this back for a week, waiting to tell you this. Here is my big message in my final sermon. Love. Love. Love, that's it. You may say, come on, Ralph, that's it. One word, you cocky little priest. Is that all you have to give us after all these years? Come on, you were baptized here. You've known us for a long time. We sponsored you 40 years ago to go to seminary. We let you sit in our pews. We let you celebrate at our altar. We let you preach in our pulpit. And all of what you have known of this place, it all boils down to one word. Yeah. That's it. One word. Maybe you shouldn't have paid me for the last six years. Love. You see, at the core of who we are and what we are, with all those Bible stories and lessons and sermons that we've listened to over all these years, with every brick of our buildings, with every consecrated wafer we have eaten, with the fried chicken that we've had at picnics and with every sip of gumbo, it all boils down to how we love. But don't fool yourselves. Love ain't easy. It exists in one crazy world. For every act of love that you pass out to someone else, there are a hundred people who will tell you that love won't work. 
that you're a fool for trying, that you're going to get hurt if you pass on love to other people. How sad to hear that sort of thing. The world could change for the better if people just weren't so scared to love. Then you may say, wait a minute, it's not that hard to love. My spouse or my partner, or my special friend walked past me the other day and I got all goofy eyed and it wasn't long before I felt that love. It's easy stuff. And I get it. The first time I saw Suzette, I thought, holy Toledo. When we fall in love, it's a holy thing. But the holy love of God can go beyond just the love of the spouse. It comes first when we realize that we ourselves are lovable. Sadly, some children are told by their parents that they need to act a certain way or they need to look a certain way or they have to be like someone else to be acceptable and lovable. It's the biggest lie in the world. And often those children grow up with such deep hurts. So here's the first thing I want you to remember when I am out of here. You are incredible, and you are wonderful. You are created in the image of God, and there are so many aspects of you that are lovable. If you have trouble believing that, then go home after church and close your eyes and imagine God beaming from ear to ear on the day that you were born. You cute little thing. You've seen babies, how can you not love them? Then imagine God looking at you today on July the 26th, 2020. Imagine God with that same smile on his face because his love never went away. There's a great name for God in the Bible. It is Abba. A simple translation of the word is Papa, a term of affection that a child might use for their father. And St. Paul said, when we cry Abba Father, it is the very spirit of God bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So let God love you. Stop doing whatever you are doing. Close your mouth, open your heart, and pay attention. See his smile and feel his love. But there is one problem. I believe that true love, holy love, is never ever one-sided. I don't believe that we can receive love from others, holy love, unless we are willing to go down deep within ourselves and love others. If we only want to receive without giving, 
and the love that is within us is diminished. But I also believe that our souls hunger to love. It is why when we love that we can feel it physically. And I'm not talking about erotic love. I'm not talking what the Greeks called eros. I am talking about agape, that unconditional love, godly love that we feel in our heart and in our soul. You know, when we hate, we can feel that too. Our bodies change physically. Our face gets red, our heart races, we grit our teeth, and even work, even worse rather, I, I believe it affects our health. Our blood pressure goes up. We even describe it as being ready to explode. Love has the opposite effect. It puts us at ease, it calms us. Think of the effect a child has running up to hug a parent, how it feels for both of them, the parent and the child. Think how your face feels when your dearest friend, who you haven't seen for a while, arrives at your back door. For those of you who have become grandparents, think about how you feel when your grandchild sees you from a distance and calls out your name. One of the greatest things for me to hear is Popo. I'm not saying that we have to love everyone like we would love a spouse or a child or a grandchild or even a best friend. But imagine what would happen if we opened up our hearts to see every other human being on this planet as being worthy of our love and God's love. I think this is the power of the Holy Spirit. God gives us the ability to feel like he feels. It is his spirit joining with our spirit that allows us to see that we and others are children of God. But it requires us to be open. We can fight love, even the love that is deep in our soul. We can choose to let love win out or hate to win out. We can choose to see joy in the world or we can focus on pain. And we can have an effect on every other person's joy. A held hand, a quiet smile, a kind word, even for a stranger can do wonders. The priest that I worked for when I was a deacon, a fellow named Tom Blair, had a wife who would always tell him, Tom, you preach the same sermon every Sunday. You just change the illustrations. I hope to God that has been true for me. Between the Sundays and weekday services and weddings and funerals, if I have preached only an average of once a week, and I've estimated that I think I've preached 1,900 times in my ministry. And I pray that in every one, somehow, I got across the message that we are called by God to love. Amen. Mm -hmm.
words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. That, that we, we all may be one. Grant that every member of the Church may truly and humbly serve you. That your name may be glorified by all people. We pray for Michael, the presiding bishop, Morris, our bishop, Bob, our bishop in residence, Chris, Ralph, and Drew, our priests, Pat, our deacon, Annie, our seminarian, and all bishops, priests, and deacons. That they may be faithful ministers of our word and sacraments. We pray for Donald, our president, John Bell, our governor, Sharon, our mayor, and all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. That there may be justice and peace on the earth. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. That our works may find favor in your sight. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. That they may be delivered from their distress. Give to the departed eternal rest. Let light perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. I invite your prayers, either silently or aloud. Lord, hear the prayers of your people and what we have asked faithfully. Grant that we may obtain effectual to the glory of your name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy upon you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. And now in the words that our Savior Christ hath taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Mm -hmm.